Hey guys, what's up? This is Alex. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Steelhead Nation podcast. We're really excited to present this podcast to you because it allows us to present the stories of all the people who make up the Steelhead extended family and all the things that make you who you are. We all love fishing. We all love hunting. We all love the outdoors, but there's a lot of other things that make up the people and the characters that we have in our extended steelhead family and we're really excited to share this with you this week we talked to female mma fighter chelsea ray she's out of las vegas nevada she actually originates from a town called dallas which is really close to where we have our facility here in salem oregon she moved to nashville to become a singer songwriter did that for a few years got pissed off went down to las vegas and became a uh, fighter and she's having some good success there and she's got a really interesting story her backstory with her family divorce being an only child growing up with a dad who was teaching her how to handle herself in different situations and teaching her about the outdoors and fighting and everything else it's a really interesting story we hope you guys dig it and we hope you guys like the podcast so without further ado chelsea ray Hello, Chelsea. How are you today? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. So um, I thought that this would be a great conversation to have for our listeners to uh, kind of jump right into telling the story of the people of what we like to call the Steelhead Nation. This is our this is our our customer base, our people the people who are into all of the things that we're into and the interesting stories that make up all of the people that are part of uh, our extended Steelhead family. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Um, Chelsea, you are a MMA fighter. You're originally from Dallas, which is close to where we're based in Oregon. Um, You're now in uh, Las Vegas, correct? That's correct, yeah. Right on. So... Give me kind of uh, the origin story, if you will, kind of the superhero, how you came to be who you are today story, um, if you don't mind. Um, Well, I would say it goes back to me being six years old. Um, I grew up on the Sandiam River. Um, My dad was, um, he was like my hero. I mean, my parents were both together until I was 13, but I was a total daddy's girl, so I'd do whatever he was doing, which was wrenching on uh, old Fort High boys or going fishing out in our backyard, which was an amazing way to grow up. Um, Absolutely. Or, yeah, or we'd watch boxing together, which was like something that him and his brother and his dad did growing up as well. And so we kind of, I was an only kid, so I got a lot of like pastimes that you probably do with your son with my dad just because I was the only one. So we'd watch boxing on our little old school bunny ear TV with foil balls on top that we'd have to adjust mid round, you know, um, growing up in the nineties. And, uh, even as a little girl, I was really fascinated by the rhythm that is boxing. And he explained to me kind of the, the discipline that it takes to be one of those athletes. And I thought that was really cool. I always liked to challenge even from when I was really young, like, um, we'd watch the gladiator show and, um, then we'd like pretend to be the gladiators. And anyway, so that was kind of <laughs> always a part of, uh, what I, what I knew, um, growing up. So being that it was the nineties, 
didn't get a chance to be involved in martial arts um, all the way until my mid-20s. I, uh, I went off to college straight out of high school uh, in Nashville, Tennessee to study songwriting and got on Mute to Grow and started writing and getting small-time cuts uh, with independent artists and other writers and uh, pitching my stuff to mainstream people and things and just doing the thing. And I got real burnout um, after seven years of kind of just going, 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 trying to get headway with that and um, kind of hit a turning point, went through two bad boyfriends and uh, was looking to just get my aggression out. And so um, I took myself out one night, ended up at a, at a Hooters, <laughs> um, and there was <laughs> there was UFC 190 on, which was Ronda Rousey versus Betch Cohea in Rio. Uh-huh. And um, I was extremely inspired by what I saw. Not even just her fight. The whole card was really electric. And you know, like I said, I'd watched fighting growing up, but it had been a while since I kind of tuned into a big main event. And um, I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. Um, I'm going to do it. And so that the rest was history. It wasn't, but like a week later, I signed up for the gym. And then uh, the MMA journey has taken me uh, around the state's like, I think I made about three loops between Tennessee, Oregon, and back, um, and now I'm in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that is that is definitely one hell of a journey. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I take it that there's obviously more to you than just kicking people's asses. There's, um, there's this whole interesting songwriter element um, that you wouldn't normally... Uh, think of somebody who is who's an MMA fighter um, it would be a poet in any way but um, there's you know stereotypes are stereotypes but there's there's definitely something interesting there so so you went right out of high school into Nashville to to be a songwriter specifically or an actual um, recording artist so I wanted to be a recording artist. I, I love I love to sing still, um, but writing was so I always loved to write. Um, when I was I want to say fourth grader, we did like a, a poetry po- uh, project, and being a tomboy growing up and having all these like um, tomboy hobbies and things like that, I remember thinking poetry is stupid, and <laughs> I, I don't want to do this project. Yeah. But once once we. Uh, started in on it I completely fell in love with it because it was a way I could really express myself and um, I don't think I even really understood that consciously being you know a nine or ten year old but um, it didn't stop you know there was always writing going on even when we had like assignments where most kids would be ticked that they had to write like a story about something like can we just take a test and I'm like cool I can write and I put it off to like the night before and we were supposed to write three pages which was like a big feat you know if you were an elementary school kid and I'd write nine or twelve you know and um my parents split up when I was 13 I had a ton of emotion and just grew up in a community and as part of a community where I was kind of like a I was so I was trained to be like a peer counselor in seventh and eighth grade and so kids would come to me with their problems so I thought well that means that I'm not allowed to ever show weakness like these people are counting on me to be a pillar and strength and so I Mm. can't be uh weak and so interesting um yeah stupid now I know no it's not stupid that makes that makes all the sense (laughs) in the world though I mean yeah, especially, yeah. especially for for a young person who yeah. is 
inexperienced in just life in general um yeah, why no why wouldn't you feel that way you know so that's that's where that was and um my mom was obviously concerned with you know about me and like i mentioned my dad was like my hero and i wasn't such a part of my life yeah. um and so that left a big hole for me and and um she you know i played sports and i did well in school still but she was like you need to need to talk about this or you need to find a way to get it out because you know you've got a lot going on in there and so I started to uh write poetry again and then got a guitar and started writing songs and um all at the same time you know I was like 12 13 so the first season of American Idol had just come out and you know now that yeah. I'm older I realized that that wasn't like the first talent show of all time but it was <laughs> the first one for my generation so sure. um Kelly Clarkson uh, is a huge influence on me, a huge inspiration, not just in music, but as a human being. And so yeah. um, she ended up being a, a huge cornerstone for me through school, just, you know, somebody to look up to. Um, and I loved her music as well. So uh, she shaped a lot of the artistry that I put together for a long time. And uh, I remember telling my mom, like, hey, I think I really want to do this. And my mom was a huge music fan. Like, that's where that side of things comes in for me because, yeah. um, there's like a whole story about my mom going to a, a Judd's concert um, when she was like six months along with me and evidently I like kicked along the whole time so there's that whole thing and when I was little they put me in my car seat and I'd usually pick like a like a instrument for the day usually the drums because that's about all you can play in your car seat but yeah, yeah. they would uh, everything from the 90s that's country music uh, I can pretty much give you all the words, all the bands, everything, because we listen to everything from Garth to Trisha, the yeah. Winona, all that stuff, Kentucky Headhunters, everything. And so oh, man. There was, yeah, there was You're speaking my language country. now. Yeah, there was always 90s country Shit. playing on the stereo. My mom would be, like, dubbing t uh, CD to tape. Yeah. Like, we were real ahead of our time. <laughs> you know, like her, her friends would call and say, oh, you have the new Vince Skill CD? Can you please tape it for me and she'd be like don't touch the stereo while we clean i'm dubbing this for so and so and i was like okay oh that's um, funny so so all the time, yeah. so when you were a kid and obviously you were into the outdoors you were you were experiencing those things probably with your father i would imagine um it, it, for at least from what you've you've told me before um and and, and those activities are kind of shaping who you are as a person. Um, you talk a little bit about some of the things that you learned from those experiences, because like, I, I know, for example, I'll give you an example. Like for me, I got my hunter safety card when I was eight years old. And I learned the responsibility of handling a weapon at eight. And I think that there's a lot of kids that don't have the benefit, clearly, as we've seen uh, in society recently. There's a lot of kids that don't have the the respect for those things that, that I had based upon my experiences. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about that experience for you when you were younger? Yeah, 100%. And I agree with the notion you're going with there. Um, I can touch more on a conversation I had with one of my Australian friends recently, but, um, yeah, so I grew up on a river and we moved into that place when I was two years old. So you can imagine that my parents were kind of scared having a two year old, uh, 
literally you could open our back door see the river so it was like 100 yards out the back door so um i was taught from that age very very seriously how to respect the river and the fact that it would it, it had no mercy like it would immediately take your life if you turn your back on it so to speak so yeah. i learned how to respect it um and then dad and i fished a ton so he would always say leave it better than we came to it yeah so we would come in we pick up all of our things and then we pick up a few more things as we were there because some dork would always leave beer cans or yeah a whole bunch of line or whatever um so that was that was that and that translated into like recycling and just taking care of the. Pl- I mean, Oregon, we didn't pack Northwestern are pretty planet conscious, but um, it was like a, a respect thing, you know? Yeah. Um, we were just really proud of where we were from and it was beautiful, so we had to take care of it, but also I knew that the river could kill me, you yeah. know? So, yeah. That's what I was taught growing up, but it, it goes um, all the way into like driving a car, just like you're saying, a weapon or a car. So this was a conversation I had with one of my other friends because she's from Australia. She doesn't understand the gun thing. She's not for or against it. She's just scared of it because she didn't grow up around it. And yeah. I said, cool, I see what you're saying. That's fair. I said, but when I learned to drive, um, I got in trouble one time because I was speeding through a parking lot with my mom in the passenger seat. And... I, she was like, you know what? Maybe you don't get to learn how to drive. And I was like, what? You know, you're 16. Yeah. You're, and she goes, you're driving a 2,000-pound-plus weapon around. This yep. car could injure or hopefully not, but could kill somebody. And that's when it sunk in for me. You know, those moments, just the same as like a gun or any of that stuff, where it's it's really brought to your attention at a younger age that, hey, you have a responsibility here. And I think that's not being... Uh, I don't want to use the word preached, but for lack of a better term, preach to these younger kids anymore. There's not an opportunity for it, you know? Like, what do you do when you play? Well, we play video games, you know? Yeah. When when I was growing up, you were shooting BB guns and riding your motorcycle and riding your bike and fishing and stuff like that. So, well, there's, I think I, I think there's a definite element to that. Um, you know, you have a healthy respect for anything. It's like if you grow up in Texas, you have a healthy respect for rattlesnakes, and you're probably not a, you're probably not afraid of them. Like if you grew up in the Pacific Northwest and you stumble across a rattlesnake, scares the shit out of you. Um, I mean, you just don't see them as much. So um, of course you're going to be a, you're we're always more afraid of the unknown. So speaking of that, getting back to your um, your deadly weapons you call hands, um, how how I would imagine that there have been times in your life, seeing as though you've you've either known how to fight casually or or now know how to uh, professionally, where you've been in situations where you're thinking, um, if this goes bad, how do I handle this? Because you have to protect yourself, but you also have the ability to protect yourself and annihilate the person across from you. So how, how do you handle yourself in those situations? Um, I've always wondered that with people who are, you know, a black belt in jujitsu or something. And it's like, how, how do you handle that situation where you, you're forced to defend yourself, but you could also be judged differently than an amateur? 
sure. So technically, I'm still an amateur, but I've been at this, uh, you know, a handful of years, so I know a little bit. Yeah. Um, growing up the way that I did, you know, like a little rough and tumble with a dad that was blue collar and all that. Um, I I was never really taught specifically how to fight, but I was taught don't start anything, but damn sure finish it. Yeah. And I I never strayed from that mentality. So. Fortunately, I never got into any fights until I had a sanctioned bout, to be honest. Um, there, well, there was a couple times where it was about to start and parents broke us up. And yeah. <laughs> both times both times it was me trying to fight a boy. Um, <laughs> but they, they had done something that I felt like deserved you know, them to be put down. So anyway, yep. um, I've always been the friend, I guess, because I grew up with that kind of mentality where I feel a responsibility to look out for my other friends. And, you know, when... Um, in college and things when we'd go out drinking I'd stay a little bit more sober um and just watch over my friends and never had to step in other than verbally but I would pay attention and um so so now that I I have some training it's the same thing that you were just discussing um where you have a deadly weapon in your hands um yeah I, I have been taught some things that if used forcefully or used long enough can kill somebody or maim them yeah um i'm not interested in doing either of those things um (laughs) it it is a confidence um that i carry knowing how to do so um but it's only something it's the same responsibility you have when you own a pistol or you're driving a vehicle or you have a, a bow any of those things where you only use it if you need to and you don't want to um that's the best way I guess I can put it. I always have my head on a swivel as well. I'm, I'm still a protective uh, personality where, you know, I don't put my back to a door, um, kind of survey the room when I'm in it, look for exits, things like that, because you just never know what's going to pop off and things are always a little crazy, but I'd like to have my bearings about me. If something does happen, I can help my friends or my family, whoever's with me, but that's just kind of how I was put together, I guess. Well, yeah, so that was going to be my next question. You know, a lot of people... Um, people get into things for different reasons. Um, you know, I, I honestly couldn't tell you why I became, um, a graphic artist of sorts, but I can tell you why I got into, um, doing music for a while is because of, I was raised in a household where my parents weren't musicians, but they loved music and, and it was always different types of music was playing and, and it gave me a, um, a very healthy interest in music and learning how to play music. So in this case, so, um, you know, when you talk about, when you look historically at like high profile fighters, you can, you can go back to their origin story and go, well, you know, Mike Tyson was homeless and his mom was a you know a total train wreck and so he had no way out and he got into uh boxing you know and and whatever you know so and so was picked on when they were kids so like is there anything that you that you can trace back to kind of what got you in interested in um in organized fighting that you know were you picked on as a kid you have an older. You obviously didn't have an older sibling that was beating on you every day like I did. So what's, <laughs> what's the, what's the thing that you think sent you down that path? Uh, I would say there's a couple things 
years. So one, like I said, I was the only kid. Um, so, and I lived in the sticks. So I was real isolated um, yeah. when I was young. And um, when I, few and far between, I'd have kids to play with. And um, my dad worked construction. So his his buddies that were around and stuff were always pretty rough and tumble. And for whatever reason, a lot of times they had sons. And so if I was going to have friends, I had to be one of the boys, you know, and yeah. that was from a really young age. And I started playing T-ball uh, at five years old. And again, that's predominantly male, you know? And so um, I just learned how to be one of the guys really early. And then I didn't want to be the weakest link either. And I did have parents that always taught me that I could do and be anything I wanted to be. They really believed in me, you know, and um, that's a way to thrive as a kid. You know, I was very fortunate to have that upbringing where um, I always felt like a champion growing up. And so um, I believed I could be the best on the team. It didn't really matter that I was a girl. And so I think I just always carried that mentality of wanting to do things girls weren't supposed to, being a bit of a maverick for the cause um and little did i know that i mean you're young 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 you don't really know that there's this whole like political feminist agenda thing and i don't subscribe to that to be honest um i think if you want quote equality then you need to be freaking equal like they're other men are just other people like treat them as colleagues and then you're then you're equal like we don't need to stand on a um a rock and beat our chest it's weird to me but anyway i think that's that's a lot where it came from it was always kind of because I remember one time in particular that um it was like my third season of baseball coming up and that was the only sport I played as as a really young kid and so I really looked forward to it one because I liked being physical and being an athlete but excuse me it was the only time I really got to be around a bunch of kids other than school um and I remember dad and I were at the store and we ran into the head coach we lived in a really really small town and um he said, hey, Mark, how's it going? I heard you're coaching my daughter's team um, this season. He said, oh, yeah, hey. And uh, he said, well, uh, yeah, if she can make the team, um, my players have to throw from first base to third base. And I was like, huh? And my dad was, like, really mad about that. Yeah. And he took me to the park. Like, I felt like it was every day for weeks. And we practiced and practiced and practiced until I had it down. And that was – again the kind of upbringing I had where if I wanted to do something um that my parents were in on it they paid for it they would my dad was usually the one to practice with me um but but yeah that stuck with me obviously I was like eight and I thought that's 21 years ago I've never forgotten that moment so I think I think the whole uh you can't do something my stubborn personality is like yeah I can't let me show you you know (laughs) Well, that, that's interesting. Um, I think uh, I, it sounds like your your father was a massive influence on you. Is he still in your life? Or you still have a relationship with him? Yeah, actually, the beautiful thing is that fighting has really restored our relationship. And, and that shouldn't be a surprise now that I've kind of told my story. So um, when I transitioned from music to, to fighting, um, we started to have a lot more talks just because he loves the sport and I think he thought it was really he's always been real supportive of me being playing that role in life where I, I just have no limits like 
me being a girl is never limited me to doing anything like that. So he was real stoked about it and knew right away that I could be successful at that. Like, like I said, they've always thought I could go do anything, but, but this fits me. It's very much my personality and stuff. And so he was so excited. And so we started talking a lot more and I've broken down some of those walls and things that were up because of everything that happened when I was a little bit younger with him. Um, with him not living with us anymore but yeah yeah it's made a huge difference and that's another reason I'm really grateful that I got involved with it it's it's healed a lot of those wounds like when you're out there on the mat getting beat up uh it's it's therapeutic and it really exposes you to where you're having trouble in life it's not just uh hey you didn't block that shot when you come off the mat you're like oh I have a problem with this or that and then it's your job to fix it and you will be affected in the gym until you learn how to fix that piece of yourself so it's a big undertaking but it's been amazing yeah I can see there's a lot of similarities in a lot of uh, disciplines um, but there's a lot of similarities in martial arts or fighting that uh, with um, fishing or archery hunting or any, anything like that you know you you never master it you're always yeah. um you you're you're never an expert there are no fishing experts there are no fighting experts they are there are just students if you will and um there's always something more to learn i think that's probably what what connects so many people with with those disciplines um you know i know for me I've never had the opportunity to be a bow hunter, but I've always wanted to do it because oh, it's it's just something to me that that looks so. I want to I want to conquer it. I want to yep. in in a sense, even though I just said there are no experts. I I want to be I want to learn it because it looks difficult. And I think I think that's just the same for me. That's yeah. that's why I've always picked hard things like oh, I want to be a country star. Yeah. Oh, I want to <laughs> I want to be a world champion fighter, and it and it isn't just for the limelight like. You know, I'm a bit of a ham. I'm an only child. I had to be like a little performer growing up in a way, but you realize what the platform can do for other people. You know, um, I had an opportunity to go back to my high school right after I started training and be part of the coaching staff for the wrestling team. And they had a girl on the team too to start, but one that had been there since seventh grade. And um, she was having a hard time. She was didn't really she didn't really do herself any favors. She really came with a lot of attitude and things like that. And yeah. Everyone kind of tried to deter me from her. They were like, yeah, you're here for her, but she's a lost cause. And I was like, well, this is a terrible attitude. And I thought everybody at 17 year old, 17 years old is a bit of a jerk. Um, let me just see what we can do here. And, um, I ended up gaining her respect and training with her every day. And, uh, helping tutor her through her classes because that was uh, she almost wasn't eligible and and you know wrestling was a way for her to get out of out of the town and go to college and so I helped her out with that and um it was the best experience I ever got to be part of and I would have that kind of door never would have opened for me had I not gotten involved in martial arts so um it's always been about going through the because there's other opportunities that you get offered in the midst of this and fighting is hard you know like you're you're constantly um, in pain and trying to make money and trying to get better and like those opportunities are uh, an everyday hustle and so um, throughout this people will be like well hey we'll, we'll pay you to be a pro wrestler or you can go to the school and you can start wrestling and you can make a lot more money wrestling and blah 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 but 
it wasn't about, that's not why I signed up for this. I signed up for this to accomplish something very difficult, uh, but go through the fire and the mental, uh, gain the mental fortitude and skill set where I'm able to walk into a room as a world champion and, and, bestow these gifts on other people and I won't be able to do that or have the clout to do that if I don't go through all the toil myself so that's yeah. where it's at for me yeah. yeah well that's a hell of a point of view to have um <laughs> that's awesome um well do you ever think you're going to make it back up to Oregon be able to is your is your dad still up here yeah yeah think... he was um coming uh planning to come in, uh, during Christmas time actually nice right, so are you going to do any fishing um, we always plan to, so <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Um, I think that your story is 100% an interesting one, and I'm, I'm happy that we were able to share it with our people. And um, I know you have a fight coming up. Uh, you want to send some of those details out? Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me thinking that I'm interesting. <laughs> um, really, really love the opportunity to share some of those things just because I hope that it'll help someone else, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I've got a fight out here, uh, Las Vegas. Um, it's going to be an MMA bout and uh, really looking forward to it. This will be my third MMA fight, fourth fight total. So we've been working hard in the gym and I was looking forward to putting on a show. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you again. And uh, if anybody's interested, can they like uh, pay-per-view that? Or didn't you say it was broadcast somewhere? Yeah, it'll be on BN Sports, B-E-I-N Sports. Mm -hmm. um, and that's available through, I want to say, Direct and Dish and a few other. If you, And I think it's also an app. So yeah. if you search BN Sports, you can find an avenue to watch it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, all the best to you. Good luck in your fight, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Steelhead Nation podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, please share it with some of your friends. Uh, if you'd like to possibly be interviewed for the podcast, please send an email to alex at hhoutfitter.com. This is just another way for us to connect with you guys. We dig it. We hope you dig it. And if you are so inclined and want to go to steelhead.com or steelheadgear.com, pick up a few items, help support us so we can continue to run this business and run this podcast. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I guarantee you it won't hurt the feelings of the people who work out in the shop either. So thank you so much. We will talk to you again next time.